What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey sisters, it's Bria here. How are you feeling in your body today? I am sipping a hot tea. I am nursing the end of my period. I am actively taking a week-long break from social media right now, which is a lot easier than you think. (laughs) And allowing me to sleep a lot more, which is such a critical part. You know, Before we dive into this episode, and I'm excited to share this episode with you because people message me all the time and they want to know like what I eat or, you know, how to best eat or what the right thing is to eat or can I send recipes and, and, you know, yes, I can do all of that, but ultimately we want to be the CEO of our own body, right? What, what is a perfect way to eat for my body isn't going to be the same for you. Although there are some beautiful guidelines around food that we'll talk about today, but ultimately I kind of have one key rule and that is all I do for food rules, um, on myself when it comes to nutrition and it's such a glaringly big one. And it's funny, there's a girl I follow on Instagram called no food rules I really love her stuff. She's quite funny. Um, and, and I agree, like we don't really want food rules. Like I don't really want to be so consumed by food that I need these rules, right? That's a lot of, a lot of this piece of the puzzle. But anyway, I'm going to get to that. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to explain to you, you know, the, the only food rule I keep during these perimenopause years and how this rule can start to set you free and how it set me free for sure. And how it's been a big part of, of me, not only, you know, releasing the weight and stress and ability to, have energy all day in perimenopause, but you know, overall keep it off at the same time without doing grueling workouts or uh, feeling stressed about those things. So I'm, I'm going to walk you through that, but I just want to remind you that when it comes to, you know, any type of social media, I really think for me, social media can be used for good or for evil. It always comes down to our intention, right? So, you know, it can get a really bad name. Lots of things in this world that are good for you can get a really bad name. But ultimately, if you use social media for a way to bring inspiration and spread wisdom and learn, if you use it to connect with people more deeply, like your friends and family, it can be a really good thing. But when you are waking up and the first thing that's being shoved into your not even awake brain yet is are the shenanigans of other people, that can be really trying on the body. So don't 
underestimate how powerful social media can be or what we first consume into our brain can be, right? We're always, we're always thinking about what we're consuming into our body, but what are we consuming onto our skin? What are we consuming into our ears? What are we consuming into our mind? All of these things have a direct impact on our stress levels, on the nourishment of our adrenals. And ultimately, no matter what way you cut it, when you are moving from perimenopause, you know, through through perimenopause, which is really just that that reverse puberty phase that we're all going through from when our hormones tick along tickety-boo to when they are no longer present, right? For that whole piece of fertility there. And this this window is in that 35 to 55 age range typically, but varies for everyone, whether you're, you know, whether you have a hysterectomy or not, whether you have ovaries or not, whether you bleed or not, and all of this. It doesn't matter. This is what's happening to all of us. And what is making it like so painful for us is how significantly burnt out our adrenals are. This is why some people don't have many perimenopause symptoms, although there is obviously genetics always plays a small role in everything. Ultimately, there are cultures in our world that don't even experience the pain and suffering of perimenopause but north america specifically you know australia um the uk we significantly experience it and that is because of this hustle lifestyle this high stress lifestyle this high inflammation food lifestyle all of these things create stress in our bodies and you know, make no mistake, what we consume first thing in the day in our brain also really impacts that. And it doesn't matter what menopause coach you talk to or what menopause specialist or hormone specialist, they will all tell you how critical sleep and breath work and being calm is to balancing your hormones. It's the most intangible thing. And for a lot of reasons, but even as simple as when we are calm, when we are collected, when we are patient and in peace and when we've nourished ourselves, we're not having crazy cravings, right? Show me a serious yogi who's struggling with hormonal imbalances. Show me a serious yogi who's struggling with a lot of dis- uh, like weight to lose. It just doesn't happen because they're much more present and calm in those key practices of rest and relaxation and the the controlling or the understanding of our brain, right? I'll tell you, I, I realize I'm getting off on a tangent here. I am going to get back to this key point, I promise you. But one of the biggest things that happens, and it happens to my clients, it happens to me, it happens to you, is that we start down a path and we maybe even invest in ourselves. Maybe you invest in yourself to work with a coach or you, you know, pay for a gym membership or whatever. We start down these paths and we invest in ourselves and inevitably we have almost like a buyer's remorse or almost like a, a really fearful point of, oh my gosh, this isn't working. This isn't worth it. I'm not worth it. You know, I can't believe I spent this money. You know, These are the things that kind of go through our mind and we all have them. But I want to remind you that that is a key part of the process. Our brain is designed to keep us stuck in what is comfortable because that is what is easy and what feels safe. 
if you really and truly want to elevate your body, if you really and truly want to elevate your life and be the woman who who has everything she ever wants to have, but including a very peaceful core, one that she, a body that she feels really good in. If you really want to be that person, you're going to have to go through the growing pains of letting go of these fears that keep us stuck. And investing in ourselves as women is one of the hugest, deepest rooted fears that we have. And I see it again and again, and I feel it in myself. And the truth is, is if you do not have this moment, you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough because we cannot grow and expand and also be comfortable at the same time. It doesn't exist, those things. So, so what we need to learn to do in our own growth, uh, and this is, I think this is one of the biggest, most intangible things and why I really wanted to run this podcast and, and get this information out to you. Everyone, all of my clients know, anyone who's worked with me one-on-one -on -one or who was in my most recent live training, you know, the, the formula that helps nourish you back to health, there's sort of two parts to the formula that help balance your hormones. The initial part, which really helps heal us. And then there's a part two, which helps us stay in this beautiful groove, right? Of, of living in a way where we're not, you know, succumbing to this hormone imbalance, right? Like we don't want to just feel good. We want to thrive. Right? And I know that's what you want. And again, that's why I created this podcast is to get this stuff out for you. So, so my P4 formula does that for people, but ultimately it's the mindset piece that's so critical. It's the mindset piece of, of us as women getting to the point where we believe we are worth investing in, where we give ourselves permission to invest in this. That's the first part of the Oreo cookie. Like if you think of this journey and like an Oreo cookie, this is the first part of the Oreo cookie. And then of course the icing is the step that we all want really quickly. Tell me what to eat, you know, tell me how to move, tell me this. We want that in that tangible information. And of course, that is the strategy, right? And strategy is key, but it's the mindset that keeps us going. It's the mindset that gives us the permission to get going on this path. And of course, the other part of that Oreo cookie really is our perspective, right? If we're always telling ourselves, this is hard, this is too much, I can't do this, it isn't going to work. That's our perspective and it's going to become our reality, right? Our thoughts becomes feelings, feelings, emotions, emotions, actions, Actions, habits, and habits are what make us. We don't magically gain 40 pounds. We don't overnight. We don't magically, um, we don't magically become exhausted overnight. All of these things are the compound effect of the decisions we've made up until now. So if you are there, if you're out in the world right now and you're struggling so much with how you feel in your body, it is not going to be a quick fix. It is these, it's the, it's the, unraveling of these habits and the recreating of new habits with a perspective of I am climbing Mount Everest here, right? When we want to make changes in our health, when we want to make changes in our life, it can really start to feel like we are climbing Mount Everest and you need some key pieces to climb Mount Everest, right? First, we need to decide we're going to do it. We need to believe we're going to do it. 
And that's a huge piece. If you don't believe it's gonna happen, you're not making it up that mountain. Of course, then you need all the right tools, right? You need really good tools because you don't wanna be climbing that mountain with, you know, with like a gut that's angry and inflamed with unhealthy habits, with, you know, depleting yourself by doing these insane hard workouts. We need a, a protocol that helps us, helps support us up the mountain. But that last real powerful piece of the puzzle really is that perspective. You can look up at that mountain and say to yourself, oh my gosh, this is gonna be the worst experience ever. This is so hard. It's never gonna work for me. Or we can look at that mountain and think, oh my gosh, think about how strong I'm going to get on that journey. Think about how beautiful every summit is going to be. Think about the people I'm going to meet along the way. Think about the animals I'm going to see. Think about the views from every single place and every single journey. And think about who I am becoming on the way to getting there. We get so caught up, sisters, in thinking, I'm going to feel better if I lose this number of weight. But you're not. We all know that. Because you could get there quickly by some shady way, which you'll probably just gain it all right back. But you don't feel good because you know you, you didn't change in the process, right? So if you truly want to step into being the CEO of your body, you have to recognize that a huge piece of this puzzle of healing your own hormones and stepping into who you are has everything to do with that mindset and that perspective. And that is what you got to bring to the table. And you get there by showing up to listening to podcasts like this, by, you know, choosing social media that is a positive and inspiring influence by recognizing when your brain is trying to pull you back into those old fears and doubts, the same ones that got you stuck where you are in the first place. So, and, and I guess while I'm here, that is why I created my, my healthy hormone guide. It is free. I just created it. I put it out there for you guys. So make sure you grab it from the show notes in here. I have a healthy hormone guide to help heal your hormones, to get you started. Because what we need to constantly do is be in the energy of change and positivity and doing the right thing for ourselves in believing in our worth, in stepping into that positivity. So grab that, make sure you grab that hormone guide. And now let's dive into what I really wanna talk about today and really wanna share with you and what you, I know you really wanna know, which is the only food rule that I keep in perimenopause. And you guys hear from me all the time. You know that every day I have greens. Every single morning I wake up, I make my greens. I'm obsessed with my greens. They are so good for my body. They make a huge difference. You know I love Organifi Greens. You know you can get a discount for my listeners if you use my name, Bria, as a discount code. And you can do those things too. That's still not one of my food rules. You know, you know I don't drink coffee on an empty stomach. You know I have superfoods and some supplements that I love every day. Still not my food rules. Okay? The only food rule I keep in perimenopause is this. I never abuse food. And what does that even mean? I have been so all too often in my life, I have started to use food as something other than what it's meant for. Food is meant to fuel us, right? And it can definitely be the icing on the cake of our joy, right? Like for me, I am a huge fan of you know, champagne when we're celebrating or birthday cakes at birthdays. 
But when your daily habits start to include food as joy or food as numbing or food as making me feel better, that's when we're abusing food. And that is when food will begin to put us in a downward spiral for a couple of reasons. And maybe I should just give a few more examples. If you are waking up and the only thing you can think about is having caffeine first, or if you are always having like a crazy sugar craving in the afternoon, so you're always indulging that, or if you're coming home from work and you just are exhausted until you eat this thing, or you are frustrated and so you reach for that, or you are eating ice cream every single day, if you are using food in that way, then you are abusing it. And I still have to catch myself. If I start to get into this habit where I am, you know, drinking wine, like craving wine at the end of every day, I have to ask myself, why am I craving this? Why is this happening? Like the body for nourishment does not crave these things, right? That is the brain. And the brain is craving it either because it's addicted to it, abuse, or because you're using it to make yourself feel better because you're avoiding an emotion or avoiding a feeling that you don't want to feel, abuse, right? Let's not, let's not pretend that just because it's food and it's socially acceptable that it's okay to be addicted to things. It's just not. It's not okay for us to go through life numbing with foods that we know aren't really healthy for us. And nobody comes home and numbs out their frustration with carrots and hummus. So we know that it's always foods, right, that are highly addictive, chemical foods, foods made by science that are fueling this numbing, this comfort, this dopamine that's happening, right? No one's coming home and being like, oh man, I cannot wait to dive into that bowl of cherries. It's going to make me feel so good, right? That's not what we do, So the only food rule I keep and the one that I really encourage you to start to consider for yourself is am I abusing food? Why am I craving this thing? Part of our growth and into stepping into the life that we want, into being the person that we want is getting really real with the stuff that we're numbing and ignoring in ourselves, right? If you don't feel like you are worth investing in and and making a conscious effort to be healthy if you don't feel like you can handle your stressful day then we need to look at bigger things and i know that's not you you are a woman who is here i know most of my clients here are career driven women they have careers maybe they have kids as well and you know that you should feel better than you do so we need to stop pretending that that these things are not a big deal in our life and start to recognize that if food is the joy in our life, if it is the thing that is making you happy, it's time to find some other things. And that is a really big part of me knowing when I'm starting to abuse food. When food is the joy, when it is the happiness for me, I know I need to get a life. We, I want habits and fun and experiences and hobbies that aren't always based around food. So that is the only one that I really value. But I will say, if you're looking for specific guidelines 
The other piece that I think is such a powerful way to make sure you're moving out of these foods that are highly addictive is, is asking yourself, hey, what are the ingredients in this food? If you can't read the ingredients, if there's more than seven ingredients in your food and you don't know what one of them is, it's time to have a little fun with Google and start to understand that. Because if you don't know what an ingredient is, likely your body doesn't know what that is. And our body will either grind harder to deal with this fake food or it will store it somewhere in our body, you know, on our body for, with fat. And so we want to make sure that we understand what it is that we're consuming. So just remember, sisters, going forward, when it comes to your nutrition and your life, we know first and foremost that the reduction of of inflammation, of anything that's causing inflammation and and in food, and a lot of that comes from obviously man-made foods, science foods, but there are a lot of foods that create that inflammation. So we want to reduce any actions, any habits like social media first thing in the morning, like really hard workouts when our body is saying, hey, I'm a little sore right now. My knee hurts. We don't want to push our body when it's saying these things to us. What we're trying to do is clear out the gunk so we can really hear what our body is saying and what the messages is is that she's giving to us. Go out there, sisters. Grab my Heal Your Hormones guide. As I said, I put it in the show notes here. Start to fill yourself with the permission, the perspective, the passion around being the CEO of your body, of the energy that you deserve, and recognize that these addictions that we have get in the way of that. So yes, go have some champagne with your friends at a celebration. Yes, have birthday cake or an ice cream cone to celebrate something, but do not make it the one thing that you're looking forward to in the day. Let that be a big fat red flag for you that if what you, if, if the, the thing in your day that is bringing you joy and calm and peace is food or drink, it's time for you to dig a little deeper. All right, let's go out in this world and be more in our life and not just less on a scale. Ready, sisters? See you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.